and welcome back to all my robots out there. How do you like that? How do you like being called my robots, my front robots? Um, let me know. Working working title for my uh, from the early stages of my uh, subscribers here on the channel. Um, this is a very special installment of the front row today, as this is actually going to be different. This is going to be the inaugural front row podcast. The very first episode, episode number one. This is the introduction to a weekly podcast that I'll be doing where I'll be talking about the world of celebrity, pop culture, what's trending, what's going viral, just all the, the top stories and things that need to be talked about, but also a place where you can kind of get a different take, a different viewpoint, and I'm going to be having interesting conversations with different people. I'm hoping to get some really good guests. Um, I've already started reaching out to people, but when I decided that I was going to be doing a podcast, I was thinking who should be my first guest, and the first name that popped into my mind was this guy who I worked with for 10 years at TMZ. He did the same job I did. He was a field producer, um, so he and I were both reporters, and he has some really interesting stories. He's a really interesting guy, but also I brought him on because him and I just also we have we have we've clicked ever since we met 10 years ago. And we have similar viewpoints, we have similar goals in life, we have similar outlook on the industry and content creation. And he's just somebody that I've always kind of um admired in some way. Don't let him hear that I said that, but I do, I do have a lot of respect for him, and I think you guys are really going to like uh, his outlook, his takes, his stories, um, but also his voice. He's got a great, deep voice. He's got a voice made for radio. The face, the face is made for radio, too. So I wanted to bring on my very first guest. His name is Dante Greco, and I think you guys are going to love him. So without further ado, welcome to the Front Row Podcast. Dante Greco. And here he is. What's up, Dante? How you doing, man? What's up, Jesse? Thanks for having me. <laughs> yeah, of course. It's Welcome. hard to get I'm booked so... on booked on this show. You know, I know, I know. Took a couple yeah. months to get an opening. But it was nice of your agent to uh, to answer the phone call. That was really nice. Yeah, it's weird. This is uh this is my first time doing this. I just did a little intro. I don't think you saw it, but it was a just uh this is my very first episode. So you were the very first guest of doing the front row podcast and you God. should be honored. This yeah. is like doing the first time on Letterman, you know, like I know. Uh, this is in insane. Yeah. Not I've got lucky. the gift of gab, just like Letterman did. I've got that gift of gab as a uh, famous, as you know famous who. interview of mine. Yes. Yeah. yeah, yeah. With, with Dave. So uh, yeah, I wanted to bring you on because I'm sure you saw, but I, you know, over the past couple of weeks, it was a little crazy for me because I shared a story about uh, filming Amber Heard and our relationship to, to Morgan Tremaine as our supervisor for a couple of years. And the video blew up and now I'm here. And uh, I decided that it was like, there were just certain things that I can't talk about um, in video form. It's just not, it's just not, uh, it's not some things that you want to share just don't work in like a video that you want to package together a podcast and just a free flowing conversation is like the way to do it. So I was just in my mind, I was thinking like, who could be the first person I had on? And like, you were literally like the first person I thought of just because you and I have like a very similar story. We have similar goals, um, sort of like a similar background in terms of like how we ended up at TMZ versus like what we're doing now and where our, the next steps of our journey go. So I just wanted to bring you on to sort of uh, have somebody that I could sort of connect with because there, there are very few people in the world who know my story the way somebody like you does. So that's why yeah, I'm having you on. It is. Uh, our job kind of was rarefied air. There's only like 50 people that ever had our position when you think about right. it for any length of time. Uh, yeah. You know, and in the, the industry as a whole, there's really not that many people out there with cameras taking pictures or doing videos of people, you know, or, you know, like we did field producing. Yeah. And only like, I mean, I would say maybe like 30 or 40, 30, maybe whoever like lasted more than like a couple months, you know, just yeah, because no. it was, we, we, you and I put in 10 years. It's yeah. It's crazy. It is. 
in uh, that industry and particularly at TMZ to last that long really is rare. I saw so many people come and go over the years, you know, camera guys like. Yeah, it's, tough. it's well, it's a unique skill set and it doesn't translate very well to like. To, to, to like to normal, right? It doesn't translate well to like normal jobs, but in in a weird way, it gives you perspective and um, experience that you wouldn't get anywhere else. That I think makes conversations like this super unique because yeah, we've you know just going up and talking to somebody and knowing a question to ask them. A lot of people would look at it like that's such a weird job, but really in reality. Uh, you learn a lot about people on the job that you didn't know that you didn't know before. Like, I feel like I'm more of like a people person and people expert than I ever have been uh, yeah. before I ever picked up a camera for TMZ. Yeah. Well, you got to think about what we have to do. We have to go up to people who have likely never seen us before, or maybe vaguely remember us from another interaction and just instantly establish a rapport with them and a trust that uh, will get them to listen to our questions, process them, and then give us a response. And not just any response, but a response that's newsworthy. Yeah. Uh, something that'll be palatable for a mass audience. You know, like basically our job was to go viral every day. Exactly. And you think exactly. about Exactly. And that's the weird thing about doing, doing YouTube now is because like a video goes viral and I'm used to the idea of like a clip being on national television or being looked at on, on, you know, the website a million times getting thousands of comments. I'm not used to it with like when my face is on it. That's a very new experience for me. Um, right. So, but and yeah, for I mean, the rest of us. Yeah, exactly. Um, so you and I are both, uh, we're no longer uh, in the industry. We're no longer working for TMZ, but we do like I said before, we do have very similar stories, and I was pleasantly surprised to see that you are making a, a similar transition that I am, which is into the content space. I think yours might be somewhat more like podcast oriented, but I do think there's similar goals in mind, and you're you're looking to enter the content content space. So so what's up with you? What's your uh, what's right. your plan uh, now that you're you're no longer a uh, a scumbag paparazzo as people like to view us. <laughs> Well, first, let me clear my throat because it's driving yeah, me yeah, crazy. Yeah, yeah go for it. <clears throat> I'll cut that in editing. <laughs> okay. I'll drink it. That's right. why I have water. Yeah. I know. <clears throat> Jesus. Must be a mental thing. Okay. Yeah. Well, Jesse, much like Elon Musk's daughter, I'm transitioning. Into <laughs> oh, yeah, something new. Right. And um, this is something I've wanted to do for a long time. You know, well, we've we, all when known we were working, we were going to do it, Dante. We all knew we were going to transition at some point, but thank you. Yes, it we was, called it was you obvious. Bruce behind your back. Yeah, <laughs> but uh, yeah, I'm finally uh, free to go off and make content on YouTube, uh, on, on podcasts. You know, basically, what I'm going to be doing is commentary, comedy, and stories from my days at uh, TMZ on my yeah. YouTube channel, The Dante Greco Show. Then I also have a couples channel with my girlfriend, the Los Angeles couple. You know, she's very hot and uh, she's got a lot of personality and charisma. So that's good, too. But that's the direction I'm going. You know, the thing is, when we our entire career working at TMZ, we were we witnessed the change in media. Like when we first started, you couldn't really I mean, I guess you could start a podcast, but who was listening? And YouTube wasn't what it was now or, or for the last couple of years. So. We got this great experience now. We know what is important, what's exciting, what's interesting. And uh, I'm, I'm looking to transfer that skill set over into the uh, YouTube space. Right. So it's called the Dante Greco Show. And right. uh, you can check him out on YouTube. He just started. So this is like a, you know, I started mine two months ago. I had a YouTube channel open for like years, but I never really posted my own content. It was just like, random videos I would post over time. There was never a method to the madness of what I was doing. Yeah. And um, I think that it's similar for you. You have like an acting reel on there uh, prior to, to your recent videos. And so you, um, you got into this 
so first of all, it's the, the Dante Greco show, but also the Los Angeles couple is you and your girlfriend, Evie, yeah. who is awesome, by the way. I've watched some of your guys' videos where you guys like review uh, Jurassic World and Top Gun Maverick. And it's, it's really Thank fun you. stuff. I think you guys are kind of like a, uh, you're kind of like an adorable odd couple in a way, like a, yeah. like a loving odd couple. And I, I really like yeah. your dynamic. It's, it's fun. It's fun to watch. Thank you. Yeah, that's that's kind of what we do. We'll talk about news stuff and, and what's going on, but also we'll do reviews or just talk about what's going on in our lives. And my channel is kind of similar to that, except it's just all about me. There you go. You know, yeah. I, get, I get to speak freely, no interruptions. There's got to be separation of church and state at some point. Um, exactly. So, yeah, so you mentioned comedy and i know that before you started tmz if i remember correctly i, I mean i have a vague knowledge of your life before tmz but you were at one point an aspiring stand-up comic if i'm not mistaken but um i i don't i don't know am i wrong about that did you try stand-up comedy at one point excuse me yeah, yeah. Well, let's you want to let's take a break through. and drink some water for a second. I've I've been drinking water, but it's, it's okay. You know what it is? It's the oat milk. Oh I, yeah, I've yeah, transitioned all of a sudden in the last year. I got older. I used to drink my coffee straight black. You oh know, yeah, I liked it. I liked to feel like I was being slapped in the face in the morning. And then right. all of a sudden, I got old. I couldn't handle it anymore. So I started putting oat milk into it. Now I'm just like flemmy. Oh my ah. god. <laughs> yeah, I've, I don't think I've had regular milk in six or seven years. I've, yeah. it's always almond milk for me like I, I haven't had regular milk in so long really um, the almond milk? i don't know if i like the taste of almond milk yeah it's like a weird thing i just i'm used to it now it's just like i'll even dip yeah. cookies into almond milk and i'm just like used to it it's it's not it's like it's like a mental thing now where i don't even consider my other options i don't even right yeah. right um anyways uh, yeah, so comedy. So, I know that you were uh, you, okay, you had tried so it. Failed, or you, yeah, failed comedian, failed actor. Aren't all like comedians failed comedians though? Like you're kind of in the process still. Like is what is yeah. the way I look at it. Yeah, always, always. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I at first I wanted to be an actor, and then that was kind of going nowhere. So I thought, well, let me try stand up comedy. That's not really a barrier to entry. You can just, especially sure. living here in LA, you can go to the comedy store and get up on stage on open mic night. Yeah, and I enjoyed it. But like the first time I went up, I killed, which was bad because then every other time I went up, I bombed yeah. horribly, like sweating. And, and the thing was, at that time, I think it was the alt comedy scene. And it was a bunch of people that were into stuff that I just wasn't into. And so right. I didn't I couldn't hang with it. I didn't want to get to know these people. And that's kind of what you got to do. You got to build yourself a little community. Uh, to go it's, around it's kind of a little world. like a, a boys club too a little bit there's it's it's there is a lot of who you know in comedy just like in any in industry i feel yeah. and getting five minutes on a night when bill burr is going to be there versus you know when you know tony the italian stromboni one of those old like 80s comedians yeah it's so tough. it was good but then um I kind of stopped doing that, but then I believe that was the year or within a year, that's when I got the TMZ job and oh, okay. how I came to TMZ was, uh, which I used, you know, I was like, during my interview, I said, Oh, I performed at the comedy store and I've done yeah. all this comedy work and blah, blah, blah. Cause you know, they need people who are quick on their feet, interesting and funny. And how I came to TMZ was, uh, I was uh, at a part-time job at this valet company and one of our, you were at Chuck's. That's right. Okay. That's All right. right. And uh, yeah. which is now the house valet for Craig's, the big celebrity hotspot here in LA. Right. Anyways, one of our guys, Jeremiah, who's now gone on to found the wildly successful PAP Safari walking tours. Is, Jeremiah, uh, for people who don't know, Jeremiah was also a former TMZ field producer as well. Yeah. But first he was a Chuck's valet. Right. And he met the guys, some of the camera guys at Spago and got the job. And then I heard that like, you know, he was making money and doing well. And I was like, well, I could do that. I ask celebrities questions, of course. Right. So I reached out to him and, uh, you know, to his credit, he got me an interview and then I passed the process and went on to an illustrious 10 year career. I, I don't know if I've ever told you my story. Um, no, because I was, uh, like I was 23, I was playing online poker. 
just like at home at my mom's house and playing online poker. And I, I tried to be a pro. I like run up a free roll uh, from these free roll tournaments. I ran it up to like 17 grand over the span of like a year and a half. And for me, I had no bills to pay. That was like, that was like a gold mine for me at the time. Hmm. But I slowly realized that wasn't enough to like move out and get out of the house. And as you know, family was in like financial problems and stuff. So I had to figure out something to do. So I gave up on my poker dream or no, I went to uh, a friend of mine was uh, like a pap in Malibu. He was a photographer in Malibu. And then his buddy got a job with TMZ for like two weeks. He hated it. He didn't want to work there. And then he, uh, I told him I was looking for a job and he was just like, you know, I could, I could recommend you to uh, this lady, Diana, who runs the camera crew at TMZ. And, you know, maybe she'll give you a job. It, my plan, and I was like, oh, okay, sure. I, I didn't want to do it because I was like really weirded out about the whole idea of like being in the paparazzi realm. It just weirded yeah. me out. I didn't want to do it. And back um, then it really was paparazzi. Like, Yeah, it's not that like TMZ now versus what TMZ was back then. Two very different companies and just well, two different worlds. Yeah. Guys like us kind of changed the culture there in terms of uh, maybe, I mean, I, I don't know if they'd look at it that way, but in terms of the outside face in public of the company no, we really to did. the celebrities. Yeah, we really did. We were, we, we added a, uh, a professionalism to the field reporter uh, perspective. And yeah, I was only going to be there for like two months. I was just like, I needed something to like hold me over. And then here I am, you know, 13 years later. It's just, yeah. it's just how it you worked know, out. We both started kind of in the shadows of the uh, the Great Recession. If you remember, That's right. the economy was tanking. So like I started within like a year or two of that. And you started a couple of years before I did. So you were right I, in the middle of it. I started during the housing crisis, right when Ob like literally Obama got elected, uh, like one month after I started, like three weeks after I started. Obama got elected while I was in my trial period. Yeah. That's what, the, yeah. So that was like a whole, you know, that, there was a lot going on right when I started. So it was kind of like a, uh, a new day almost for media when I started there. It was like the, the media shifted a lot. So I kind yeah. of came in like at the absolute perfect time because it was at the end of the Britney craziness, like right there at the tail end of it. And then it was the start of like the Obama era that led into the, the death of Michael Jackson and things like that. So I definitely, I think I came in at the right time because I, I don't want to take too much credit, but I do think that like having a guy like me and then having a guy like you, I think it just, it shifted how people talk about it in terms of their field operation. I think it was more, um, it was more respectable after uh, in the, yeah. the mid 2013 era is when it started to shift a little bit. Yeah. Cause I think the original guys really were just paps who were already working in the industry and they were right. recruited to come in and like, you know, yeah, they hired us. TMZ. Right. They I hired was us, just like, a normal guy with a yeah, failed exactly. comic comedian and an acting career uh, it, who was looking to get into media. And I was just a wannabe like filmmaker. I, I like I wanted to go to film school and I wanted to be a like a movie director. And I was like, oh, I could I have a job where I can hold a camera and ask questions. Like, sure, why not? Wasn't like they didn't even hire you. They don't like in the hiring process. They're not like we need you to be a pap. They're like, no, we need you to be a reporter. We need you to be a producer. It's just. Right. Like it's just a totally and, different thing that I don't think people on the outside will fully understand until you're on the inside, just because. And and most importantly, a conversationalist, because yeah. a lot of people make this mistake, which I guess is fair because they're not walking around thinking about the details of our business all day that we don't, we never take pictures. We don't do any of that stuff. We strictly do video interviews. And to do yeah. that, you have to be able to carry on a conversation with people and keep it interesting. The days of just filming someone coming out of a club and, and that being enough to post it are long gone. Yeah. And it was also what people don't realize is like, you you know, they want to say, oh, it's, these two guys are, are paps. But what you don't realize is, is like, we're going into like courthouses with media requests and tripods and we're like talking to the judges to get approved right. to film hey, like a huge we, court hearing we have a press pass we have press God passes we are also emmy nominated uh you are. how many well that oh you weren't emmy can you oh, believe you were this gone. can you believe this shit can we swear on this thing or is this is this going on youtube go for it know. go for it I yeah, yeah so 
the year that you got emmy not get that out of my face <laughs> get that out of my fucking face oh my god i'm pissed the year that you guys got emmy nominated was the year i was out in nashville which is a story i'll tell later and i quit and i quit right. that year i contend that i should have been nominated because i worked that year but they didn't include me and i even i i, I told people i was emmy nominated for a long time until i went and looked it up and found that my oh. name was not listed plus you didn't so. get the you didn't get the sheet of paper to it to officially i do believe no you were in the in memoriam though you were in the in memoriam <laughs> segment of that i should be this year for yeah, the yeah, end yeah. of my career um look it's just a it really has done nothing for me to be honest but i was gonna say I, clearly I, yeah. it's helped yeah. your career right um <laughs> so but yeah so what was i gonna say i'm sorry i blanked out okay so you you get the job at tmz you you have a long illustrious career you use your you have a very specific style of asking questions i think you're more than the more like dry-witted uh like clever camera guys tmz ever had because you weren't you weren't going at it from the perspective of a guy that was uh, let me let me uh, get a reaction out of people. I mean, I think you genuinely were kind of you really wanted your personality to get to get across in your clips. So you were genuinely yeah. one of the camera guys where there was a character behind the camera. And I felt like I was that way, too. It just took me a long time to figure it out because I was I don't, the first couple of years. I was so bad. Like, because yeah. they, they loved my content, but I was just always a nervous wreck behind the camera, like being nervous and not confident in what I was doing. And then over time, you just get better. You kind of become a, an expert at this thing that you're doing. Well, and then I learned, what? oh, I can use my personality and I can be a character behind the camera. I can become not, a TV show character. Yeah. And not just like becoming an expert, but there's also a component of you have to kind of burn through the self-consciousness that comes with being in public standing there waiting for someone to leave the restaurant and then running up to them with a the camera while everyone at the restaurant's looking at you and people are looking like oh my god well you piece of shit get a real job like all that stuff you got to put that out of your head and find a relaxation uh, and just like for most for most people they don't like to interrupt somebody and just start talking to anybody celebrity yeah. or not You've got to burn through that in your nervous system so that you're kind of not dead inside, but <laughs> a little more numb to the public embarrassment aspect of it. So you can be comfortable and do your job. And like, like you said, become a character, become, put your personality into it. Do you feel, do you feel good about uh, your, you know, the work that you did? Cause I, I feel, I feel fine with it. Like I'm, yeah. I think I had some like moral quandaries and questions, but I think genuinely the good thing about what we did, I was never asked to follow anybody. I was never asked to sit outside of somebody's house. I was never, I was never like waiting in areas where they weren't expecting cameras to be. I think exactly. genuinely what we did was if, if a person just wasn't interested and didn't want to like, we just like let them go. Whereas like the other photographers would continue to shoot them. And we were just like, we would already be moving on. Like, I can't tell you how many times I turned down like a tip to film Natalie Portman or something. Like, right. I just, I didn't, I wasn't interested. She doesn't want to talk to me. I don't want to talk to her. I'm not going to bug her and ruin her day. I just think that that's the thing that people don't, uh, that they don't see and understand where we're just not, where we're, we are, we truly existed in a space that the, the, the typical paparazzi didn't exist. And we were genuinely just reporters out there who just so happened to work in that realm of the That's paparazzi right. we're space. On the, on, the, on the periphery of that. I don't feel bad because A, like you said, we didn't have to do the real down and dirty stuff that actual paparazzi do where they're following people and hiding and like taking pictures, like, you know, trying to get reactions out of people, negative or positive. No, like we had a, we're out in Beverly Hills. Someone's in a store, they're in a restaurant, they come out. They, the way I look at it is, the celebs know and we know there's an unspoken agreement like the playing field is Beverly Hills or West Hollywood. These spots where the celebrities are always seen. They know if they go in there, there's a chance that we're going to be there, too. And we show right. up, we do our business, we go our separate ways. And not only that, a lot of them enjoyed it and they had these great fun interactions. I can't tell you how many times people 
afterwards would pull me aside and be like, or not pull me aside, but just say, Hey, you know, that was cool to be asked an interesting question, like something different than just tell me about your new project or whatever. Yeah. Um, and also the fact that TMZ was, had such a massive audience that it was a great promotional tool. So really we're doing these yeah. people a favor. It used to annoy me when you get people that, that had an attitude, like, what, why are you talking to me? You don't understand this camera, this lens is a portal to millions of people and it can help promote whatever stupid thing you're doing right now. So, you know, shape up. This isn't just your run of the mill street, dirty paparazzi. You just climbed out of the gutter, right? This is the number one entertainment <laughs> news website. And I am its representative in the world. Are you sure you don't still work for them? Uh, no, uh, it's <laughs> true. And I, my I, case. Take me the, celeb the celebrities were the smartest ones were always the ones who just embraced it and knew how to use it that they were the always the smartest ones yeah and by the way like we always you know it, whenever someone didn't want to talk we put the camera down yeah we're not I didn't take it personally like yeah, yeah i didn't take it personally I, and that's the other thing with with the real paps and uh you know you were talking about characters and putting our personality through through like there's a lot of people in this industry uh, not surprisingly, who are deranged. They're very like borderline personality types. They got yeah. victim complexes. They want to, you know, anytime a celebrity like jokes, does something to them or takes a step towards them, they're ready to sue and all that. Like, I don't give, I understood, hey, I am technically interrupting, if not invading, definitely interrupting sometimes. And if they're not, they don't want to play ball. That's part of the game. I'm fine. Yeah. I'm fine walking away. I'm not going to take it personally. Even when they make insults to, to, to my face, as Justin right. Bieber did, I saw that as a great opportunity for content. It right. makes the clip more interesting. Whereas these well, other you, apps take it personally. Yeah. You have to tell, you have to tell your Bieber story on a, on, on your own channel. Cause I don't want you to, I don't want you to leak that no. here because it's a, it's a good one. And, but you also had good experience with Bieber. So you, you can sort of see the duality of celebrity a little bit because like one day Bieber's just, he says like a nasty thing. And then the next day he's super nice. And he'll, he'll talk to you about something like really personal yeah. and private. And I think that's totally just, normal guy. Yeah. Right. Exactly. But no, you, you learn these things on the job. And I, like I was saying earlier, you learn things about people, about, about humanity that you wouldn't have known before yeah. doing this job. Um, Anyways, we've we've I, I could I could talk to you all day about this, but um, the real reason why I brought you on is you. So you have started your own YouTube channel and you started posting some content. And I enjoyed it, but I really enjoyed a video that you made. Okay, we all know my claim to fame at this point is my 15 minutes of fame video I made about myself filming sure. Amber Heard. So a lot of my new subscribers here in this channel are are interested in the Amber Heard thing. And I thought you made a really funny video about her. Uh, and I'm, I'm sure a lot of the people watching this uh, are already aware that the photo, the video of her and her sister Whitney at TJ Maxx that was posted on TMZ the other day. And where she's, uh, people are speculating that she's, uh, it's basically like she's shopping at Ross Dress for Less because she owes Johnny Depp $8 million now. Um, so yeah. people, people had a field day with it and you made a really funny video that reminded me, oh, I got to do some screen sharing. Sorry. Hold on. So let's do this. Okay. Yeah. And by the way, I have my own Amber Heard story to tell soon on my channel. All right. So, um, so obviously a lot of people came to my channel because of my story about filming Amber Heard and working for Morgan, um, who by the way is incredibly supportive of, uh, his, his former TMZ guys taking that endeavor into content because Morgan has his own Twitch channel. So he's very involved in content, but really, I haven't heard a word from him. Oh, well just, just wait until you're famous on YouTube and then maybe he'll, uh, uh, yeah. he doesn't know me yet. You got to go viral for Morgan to pay attention yeah, to you. He's not going to respond until you're viral. Um, no, Morgan's a good guy, but so I was just pleasantly surprised when I saw that you made your own, uh, video about this Amber Heard video uh, of her shopping at TJ Maxx. And I wanted to share it with the audience because I think, I think this will give everybody a little taste of what you can expect from the Dante Greco show 
uh, content factory that is just launching. So take a look. Be careful. Right. Amber Heard was spotted shopping at TJ Maxx, and whether or not she knows it, it's an ingenious plan to shame Johnny into forgiving her multi-million dollar debt. But why stop at TJ Maxx? Why not hit the Dollar Tree? <laughs> Drop by Discount Tire Center. Move to Detroit. Don't forget to grab an early bird senior special at Norms. <laughs> Move to Detroit. Just that's, that's how people save money when they're in, when they owe eight point five million dollars. And I, that was my favorite one at the at the end was shopping at Norms. I'm sorry. Don't forget Matt, to grab uh, an early bird senior special at Norms. And hey, how about some oh. shop outside Gold's Gym in Venice? Oh, Dante, take luck, it easy Amber. on the poor girl. You know what? These are all it's great a, ideas. It's a great, it's a great video. That, I, I like that, that one a lot. That will convince Johnny if she, if she just totally embraces poverty, that'll convince him publicly to let her off. I didn't realize, God, I gotta, I gotta edit that video. I didn't realize it was so short that in, uh, YouTube puts the uh, promotion halfway through the video. Of my yeah, other I think, I think uh, what you can do is you can just change it so that it's like a little yeah. tab at the top, right. Instead of the yeah. actual like uh screen frame. Um, but, it's also it's it's one of the better ways to to do Ruining it. What you jokes. could do is extend your uh, your logo card at the end, your graphic card. Extend that a bit longer so that it comes in maybe a little later. I don't know. Yeah. Maybe that's a little this trick is, of the trade. This is inside um, baseball stuff. Yeah. So no, I appreciated that. I thought it was uh, it was funny. I you know, look, obviously it's it's fun to 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 make fun of her a little bit and you know i'm sure she's probably doing fine i don't actually think johnny's going to come after her for that money to be honest like i think this was all about him uh just clearing his name and uh you yeah. know restoring his reputation in some way but it's still fun to uh, to poke a little fun at it but i don't know he might he might i mean we'll see cuz she keeps going out in interview you know i don't think she should have done that savannah guthrie interview i agree because it was disastrous it was bad she's still calling him an abuser basically and if he was thinking about forgiving the debt that's not going to help convince him you right. know as far as the tj maxx thing i know a lot of people think that this is probably staged but in my opinion i don't no. know if she would go to that trouble to actually like she doesn't want to be seen at tj maxx no even and if it's to convince johnny also let's just clear this up if you shop at tj maxx it is not that big of a deal it's fine i shop at tj maxx it's not it's not a big deal but <laughs> you know when you're when you are in uh, a high pro i got a lot of shit for calling her an a-lister in my video like so many people yeah. got mad i meant like a list client is what i meant like high profile and i i said a-lister i got like so much shit you wouldn't believe um but when you are like a high profile person like that and you are like indebted to your alleged former abuser that you claim is your abuser and you just lost a case of defamation where you call him an abuser you don't want to see it be seen at tj maxx it's a bad look i don't there's no way it was staged yeah. there's just no, i just refuse to believe that exactly target target seems to be the one where people stage things. right like, you know every once in a while beyonce will be photographed in a target just to like tell you know communicate that she's still one of the people uh if TJ Maxx is a little bit, that's like where Jesse Rowe shops, you know, you don't want yeah, to be exactly. there. If she was actually at the dollar store or like the 99 cent store or something, then I would start to, my tinfoil hat would go on. TJ Maxx is like just she, down the middle. I heard she is moving to Detroit. I, I, I did hear that. Is that an inside scoop from the Dante Greco one those, show? One of those dollar houses. Oh my God. I know. Have. I was, I was there for, um, I went for a wedding last uh september like right after i left tmz and i went to a wedding and i was in it was in a uh, a lake town in like the northwest end of of michigan i believe and we flew uh -huh. into detroit and we rented a car to drive across the state rather than it was cheaper to fly into detroit and then rent a car and drive across the state rather than fly into i think it's carson city i think is what it is or is that nevada it, it, it's tra Traverse City. I believe it's Traverse City. And I drove across the state and it was like every single every single town that you would drive through had like now hiring signs where they had increased the wages like to $25 an hour to work at a subway just because oh they were having God. so much trouble hiring people over there. 
and like people weren't taking jobs. It was just, they were having, you just couldn't fill jobs. And I went to, we got Popeye's in Detroit, like when we landed, just like food for the road. And Mm -hmm. the line was like 45 minutes long. And there was one person working inside. This poor girl was just like busting her ass for like 30 cars. One person working like, nope, it was, it was bizarre. I, I, I don't know if there's something there that I'm not aware of, but you could just tell like, there were so many closed down businesses. Yeah, that- the whole thing sounds very unsafe. The idea of driving through Michigan for an extended period of time sounds very unsafe, Jesse. But Michigan was beautiful. Given- yeah, well, it was beautiful. You're, gi- you're giving me an idea, though. Destination wedding in Detroit. I'm sure it's super cheap. You know, you can fly your friends and relatives up, book hotels, Airbnb, and some of those cheap dollar houses. My girl wants to get married. Maybe I'll convince her. Detroit. There you go. No, I mean, Michigan might be the way to go. I mean, it was like we were looking at like uh, Zillow up there and Shit, the- I might move there. They're 25 bucks an hour at Subway. I'll, I'll I know. make YouTube videos. I would make TMZ money making sandwiches. Um, <laughs> anyways, gotten slightly off topic with the Michigan stuff, but I did appreciate your video with Amber Heard. And, you know, just for people that are uh, checking it out, that's not exactly all the type of content you're going to do. I do think you're more on the uh you more lean towards like the podcast content style if i'm not mistaken because your other videos are more just you doing like a quick con- somewhere along the lines of what i do just a different different style but more um commentary if yeah. it, if- I'll, I'll be talking i'll be talking you got a lot of things to say dante talking um, interviewing we're gonna do it all there you go um so but because we were on the topic of amber you and i have also we've sort of uh working in the celebrity field we've had to follow you know some names that are larger than life and um i know that we've talked a lot about elon who did used to date amber and um are you an elon musk stan are you one of those guys that's like a uh like a big elon supporter i wouldn't call myself a stan i do enjoy his presence online I do think it's funny that the richest man in the world has a, a puerile sense of humor to an extent. Uh, I like a lot of what he does, but then, you know, he'll do things like uh, firing all of his employees who try to speak out against him. But at the same time, it doesn't surprise me. I feel yeah. like any major CEO would also do that. Um, you know, he just reminds me, he's kind of going down like the Trump road a little bit with like the way that he uses Twitter and the way that he uses his platform a little bit. He does remind me a little bit of that. And I'm not saying that is like a way to be critical of him. I'm just saying in terms of like, they sort of take from the same playbook as to how they use self-promotion. And I've, I've come to be very uh, divided on the guy and some of the things that he said, like, I, I didn't, I didn't enjoy, you know, I, I can, I can enjoy one thing that he does. And I think that like, you know, uh, being a huge promoter of like going electric and not using fossil fuels and all that stuff. I'm like, that's, you're speaking my language here, Elon. Like I, he was like a hero to me at first. And then I started to wonder like where this is going with this guy. Is he, you know, is he the right guy to put all, is he the right guy to put all the eggs in the basket of like hope for the future of our planet. Is he the right guy for it? Is he too unhinged? Is he, is he mentally well? And I think that was my biggest concern with him is yeah. that. I enjoy him from an entertainment perspective, basically yeah. the same way I enjoy Trump from an entertainment perspective. Um, especially now that he's out of office, it's easier to right. laugh. Or like an, and I don't want to compare him to Alex Jones, but like Alex Jones, how he's, I don't take him seriously. Exactly. I think, I think he's damaging for some of our culture, but I can't help but laugh at some of the things he says and be entertained by it. Yeah. Right? Even he doesn't like his fans. I don't think I've seen a couple of videos where his weird fans will come up to him in like a bar in Austin. And even he gets freaked out to see what they really look like. So, oh, right. you know, yeah, he's another guy who's just entertaining. You know, every once in a while you want to check in on him. Like I started listening to him. I never was a listener or a follower. And I wouldn't say that I am now either. I haven't listened in a long time. But in the early days of the pandemic, I felt like the mainstream news was not covering this insanity 
with the correct amount of acknowledgement of like how crazy this situation actually was like right. shutting everything down, people going, you know, stores being out of everything and hiding in your house. I needed a little bit of a crazy who's, who, who person who's going to tell me like, yes, Bill Gates is engineering <laughs> shortages and they're going to take you and they're going to shut you down. And then they're going to stick his, his metal pecker in you and, and, so you were watching him ironically almost like for not because you were actually taking it as real information but you were watching it because you sort of you needed like there there needed to be like some sort of balance to it just yeah, it was kind of everybody's like, telling you like get in line with with wearing masks and and getting the vaccine and then you have the complete opposite of that where it's like oh if they're telling you that because they want to you know, inject hormonal therapy into you and turn you into it a was, woman. They were covering <laughs> it up. Yeah, it was yeah. too normal. They were just still carrying on the newscast as if everything, you know, there's just another day. I needed a little bit of breakdown of society to to get me through that. You know, it was like the call of the void. Like you need to look into that. Yeah, that. you know, but so the, the reason why I asked you about it is because uh, with, with Elon, he started to kind of, I don't want to say, I don't want Elon stance coming after me. You know, it's like I could go one way or the other with the guy, to be perfectly honest. But with the the trans issue, he sort of spoke out with some, you know, questionable remarks about it. And now it find we 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 find out that uh, you know, just recently in the news, and you know, this does loosely relate to Amber because they did date for a little bit, but that his daughter, here I'm gonna share my screen here. Sorry. Um, share screen. So we find uh, his, out his son. Sorry, I apologize. Now his daughter. Right. Right. I, I'm already they... ahead of the game here. I'm already ahead of the game. So <laughs> the report that just came out that um, Elon Musk's daughter files to change her last name, no longer wants to be related to him. And this is a story from TMZ. One of Elon's children wants nothing to do with him and has filed legal docs to drop his famous last name. In fact, she's changing her full name and legally declaring her gender identity. The documents were filed in LA County by Xavier Musk. At least that was the name she was given at birth. But now, so it's, he has a thing about the X, the letter X, doesn't he? He really, because yeah, what's the, 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 uh, uh, his, is his son who's like X, A, E, I, V, whatever it is. I forget their name. Is it? Yeah. Like, isn't the rhymes? new one named Xavier also, but he just spells it with numbers or something. Right. Well, I thought it was partially in reference to a, uh, like an airplane or something that like a famous airplane. I think that like some of the, one of the letters in there is like, I, I, I should have done my research on this before we talked about it, but I, I do believe it refers to a, uh, like an airplane of some kind, some some major piece of technology that like changed aviation, I believe yeah. is what part of that name is referring to. Um, but yeah. I believe well, but he also said that Grimes gave the kid the name. So who knows? Right. Well, I believe that. But the thing with this is she says she wants to change her last name. She wants nothing to do with him in any way, shape or form. OK, what I really want to know is, is she relinquishing her trust fund or her allowance? Because if she's not, then it's all just typical liberal virtue <laughs> signaling. That's all it is. Yeah, it's, you know, it's one of those things where you, ha with, with issues like this, a lot of times people don't change until it affects them directly. Like you'll hear about, about like a, like a conservative, um, politician who's like anti-gay and then when they find out when their daughter comes out to them all of a sudden they are they're more you know liberal and they're more like socially liberal about that issue they they can be moved on that issue but they wait until the issue affects them directly and that happens on the left too right it happens with all sorts of like all of a sudden you know leftists when they become rich all of a sudden they're like oh actually i don't want to be taxed that much you know, now yeah. that I have a bunch of money, I don't want to be taxed that much. Exactly. Um, so I think it happens on both sides. Uh, with this, it I, seems but, like it seems like this has kind of informed Elon a little bit and going the other direction. Just just the way I've seen it is like you just wonder if that's why he's uh, so uh, he's he's reacted weirdly to this because I wonder if his daughter changing or getting the changing her gender has has affected his viewpoint on this issue oh, whereas sure normally it's that. normally it's the other way around though 
you know, where like the parent will go in the opposite direction. I don't know. Dealing just a, with just that, a note that I have. It has to have influenced him. You know, it adds another layer to our understanding of his, uh, right. Know, he must've had, uh, I mean, I'm supposing, but uh, arguments or. Well, this talks. is it right here. Yeah. This is it right here. He, he he tweeted back in 2020. I'm guessing, my guess is this is when he found out from his son was, was going to become a woman. Uh, yeah. I support trans, but all these pronouns are an aesthetic nightmare. I'm guessing there was like a conversation where he was talking to his son at the time and then tells him, I want you to be calling me her from now on. And he's like, and so he's, he's tweeting out his own personal stuff to the world. This probably had nothing to do with what was going on in the news. This was probably a very personal thing that was happening to him at the time. Cause it just, it just seems, uh, it just seems yeah. too coincidental for but that like, to be the case. As far as for Vivian, his, uh, his daughter, you know, I, this is something I learned from the Trump years because you know me, Jesse, I'm as liberal as they come. Sure. And the, for years it was, I would follow like, you know, liberals who would dunk on conservatives and like expose their hypocrisy and be like, well, how about that? You know, and then you realize none of it mattered. It didn't make any difference to like Trump or any of his people. It didn't change their behavior at all. I don't, you can't conclusively say that it led to his defeat in the election. I mean, that's, that's a, a whole different conversation, but like, right. As far as like getting them and being like, well, actually that's hypocritical. It doesn't make any difference. The Republican side is never going to change. And, and, you know, the, the extreme left is not going to change either when you're dunking on them. So this type of stuff falls in line with that way of behavior. This whole, like, I want to publicly announce that I want nothing to do with Elon Musk anymore because of blah, 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 blah. Let's see your bank account. I want to right. know, is Elon Musk still paying your bills or not? If he's not, then we could start taking this seriously. But if he is... See then it's just for attention. And I know Vivian's 18 and 18 year olds want attention and you know, she's just a kid and we shouldn't be bad mouthing her, but still. Yeah, I mean, I think that it's a great question because you know, you, I always wonder this with any uh, high profile person whose kids, I mean, this happened with like, um, oh God, I'm sure this has happened with like, some politicians whose kid has disavowed their parents' political beliefs or something where you wonder, well, hey, you know, your 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 parent is pretty rich. Are they gonna are they still gonna be are you still gonna be set up for life uh now yeah. that you've now that you've kind of the worst possible thing if you're a high profile figure, let me put it this way, is if your own child disavows you. Because that right. that calls into question who you are as a person. And then that that's a totally different thing than just like some guy who's always been critical of you, you know, writing articles about you who doesn't know you. That is a totally different thing than like the person you brought into the world disavowing right. you. And, and how, how could you do this to a guy? You. How could you do this to a guy with Asperger's? Come on. <laughs> right. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just to continue on, to th that's that's right. That's that's very non-progressive of her. Um, Come on, this is she's she's ableist. You know what she is? She's ableist. Right. So I was. I just. I'll be honest. I did like when I heard this story, just because I always like when people in power get some get checked a little bit. It's just I can't help myself. I get very. I, I get this like feeling in my stomach where like somebody who has this kind of money and this kind of power and this kind of control, is is exposed and, and is vulnerable. Even if she's wrong, even if she's wrong to do it, I just can't help myself. I enjoy it. I, I get off on it yeah. because I just no, I it's... like when people speak truth to power, if you want to call it truth. I just enjoy it. It's a personal sure. it's a I personal mean, like, uh, vice of mine. His life is going too well. It's it's yeah. good for this to happen. Yeah, exactly. Um, well, from one uh, from one loyal fan base with the Elon stands to another, we can transition over to the beehive, mm -hmm. the bay hive or whatever you want to call it. Um, yeah, but nice. I, this is something that I still haven't gotten used to is, is like caring about what celebrities are doing just because we had to do it every day for TMZ. It was like you, we genuinely had to care and we had to be informed. And I mean, I read, I read right. the website like all the time and I was always up to date. I would forget stuff all the time. I would forget something that happened 
like a year ago. And then I would be like, oh, wait, I asked, I, I have like 15 different interviews where I talked to this person about that stuff. Yeah. And you just, you forget because you just, there's so much every single day and it's, it can be a little bit exhausting, but I did enjoy the fact that the internet uh, has just like crowned Beyonce as the queen of and saving the world because she released a new song. Just want to get yeah. your quick take on it. Have you heard the song well, Break My Soul? Well, first of all, you know, the rule is no matter what, you got to say that it's great. So it is, man, it's, by the way, song, incredible. I would, I would like to preface this part of the podcast by saying that I love Beyonce. I think that the song is fantastic. And I think that she is one of the most inspiring and incredible women that have ever graced this planet with her presence. Do you know that she's single-handedly reversing inflation right now? She did. As we this speak, song is, this is incredible. It is, it's saving the economy and people are, uh, yeah. I, 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 I did hear that, you know that, you know that story about how there was a, uh, like a breakthrough in cancer therapy that just came out like a week ago or two weeks ago. That, that, was, know, that, was, be, that was because they heard that Beyonce was recording a song. Her That's new right. album. Yeah. You know what it was? Yeah. The, the people with cancer, the, they wanted to live because they heard Beyonce <laughs> was coming out with her new album. Right. Exactly. So, Their will to live was just, it was extended by like two weeks and they discovered cancer that, went into remission as soon as Beyonce announced that Renaissance was coming. Right. Exactly. They're going to inject the microchip with the music but, playing in your blood at all times. Yeah. Um, Bill Gates. But, but yes. The, uh, yeah, speaking about the economy and Beyonce, like joking about it, the new song they're saying is like a, a love letter. Or it's a power anthem, says right there, for the great resignation. Like she's talking about leaving your job and finding your new drive and working nine to five and all that stuff. But like, uh, you know, fine, empowering message. Is that really the right message to be sending to normal people while we're about to hit a recession? Leave your job? Free empower yourself, find a new drive. There might okay, not so be I'm, a new drive. So I'm glad we're doing this. I'm glad. So you're taking the approach of let's let's actually criticize what she's saying. So I'm 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 happy that you said that because I had the exact same reaction when I saw the lyrics because I we've seen so many stories lately about how like especially with like the crypto market where it is where we saw something like four percent of the workforce left the workforce based on their crypto gains alone, right? And right. they all leave their jobs because they all made a bunch of money on crypto. Now the now crypto has crashed and a lot of those people are in some trouble now because they invested in crypto projects, they got into the crypto space and a lot of these projects have just completely lost funding. And I think of it as the same way. All those people that like sold like that, like BitBoy Crypto, who I think, you know, I think he he's knowledgeable. But they sold everybody on crypto being this like revolution right as there was a giant crash in the market. So all these people bought in at the wrong time. I'm worried that that's what's, that's what's happening with this song. Where people yeah. are buying in at the wrong time. Of They're going to be inspired to, to leave their job. People are going to hear this and call their boss and just walk out. And it's like, okay, right. great. We'll take you off the, off the books. Especially in the era of like self-empowerment where people are um, – more than ever, we're self-employed. Like you and I, we're trying to create content and, and get into the space of where people are going to recognize us and we're going to create a brand for ourselves. The reality yeah. is a very small percentage of people actually get to that point. You know you know what is guaranteed it, it, to, for you to make money? Getting a nine-to-five job. That's guaranteed money for you. <laughs> it's you not guaranteed if you're uh, quitting your job. You should be moving to Detroit for one of those $25 sandwich jobs right now, not taking Beyonce's advice. You know, it, sure. it's just another one of those out of touch moments where I left my job. Like, okay, for you, you can leave a job anytime or your kids or, or your friends or whatever. It's not going to make a big difference. I don't really think people are going to hear this and quit their job, but just putting no. that out there, like, I don't know. It's kind of sinister in a way. Well, and I also do want to say that I do think that there is a good message in the song where it is about like you, like where we are in an era of wages where like they, they, where inflation is on the rise, gas prices are higher than ever, but wages aren't increasing. So there is good reason for people to like leave their jobs and find a, a better paying job. So I do think that there is a good message in here. I'm I'm not saying that she is 
deliberately uh, causing an economic crash. What I'm saying is, is that I'm worried people that not everybody who hears the song is the type of person that is going to succeed in quitting their job and starting a new endeavor and becoming and and self-empowering themselves. A lot of people fail doing that. And I just don't want people to, to get sold a bill of goods here. I just want people to be smart. If you have an opportunity, take it. But if it's just, if there's nothing out there, make moves while you still have a job and then, and then leave once you have something ready to go. Don't leave before you have anything ready to go. That's just bad advice. Jesse, if I were President Joe Biden right now, I would be taking this song and going on TV and blasting Beyonce for causing this uh, economic crisis and just make this <laughs> the story of the campaign. It'll unite the right, too, because, you know, the right thinks that Beyonce some big liberal, uh, you know, woke BLM, whatever. Uh, Biden should double down on his anti-Beyonce uh, great resignation message and just try to pin, 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 pin all the blame on her. We're having bayflation right now. Bayflation, I like that. We're going to be in yeah, a day session. I did see. So she's releasing the album on the 29th. Yeah, I mean, and again. Renaissance we, Act we, 1. Let me just clear this up one but, more time. Well, hold on, hold on. Let me clear one thing up. Yeah. The album is great. It's right. fantastic. Every track is, is not a skippable track. It's the most amazing thing I've ever heard. And okay. she is gorgeous. And she is talented. And Well, that I agree with brilliant and i think it's a wonderful song i just i just absolutely i've been blasting it all morning i would play it for you right now but we would get copyright claimed and you know what? it might be worth it just to do it but right yeah so look all jokes aside obviously we're kidding here but don't quit your job just because we're in the great resignation quit your job because you have a plan have a plan in place it's just like investing in yeah. crypto just make sure you have a plan. Don't don't just get it go into it blindly thinking that you're gonna, you know, succeed overnight. Not everybody, you know, is not everybody is as talented and as cre- incredible as Beyonce is. But that's true. But yeah, that's so true. that's uh that was the story of the day. I have a feeling we're gonna get like some if, if some beehive come across this video, I have a feeling we're gonna be this is not a good way to start your content career is by getting Jesse- into it with the beehive. That they're that gonna, they're gonna, they dream. will take us down. Yeah, I would love if the Bayhive somehow found this game after us. That would be fantastic. Oh my god! If there's one thing I learned, it's that you don't start a war with Johnny Depp fans, and you don't start a war with the Bay. I- wow, I just realized. Don't start a war with Johnny Depp fans. Don't start a war with Elon Musk stands. Don't start a war with crypto bros. And don't start a war with the Bayhive. And we've done all four of them on this podcast so far. So I feel like this is a successful mission for our first attempt. This is the most most dangerous podcast in America. Absolutely. Absolutely. Dante, man, I really appreciate you coming on. Um, And I encourage everybody who listened to take a look at his channel, um, are you on TikTok? Are you on Twitter or anything I else? I am. I'm on, on TikTok, Don, the Dante, the, the okay. Dante Greco show. Also the Los Angeles couple, both on TikTok. And same with Twitter. Same, same ads, same uh, everything. Same so, name. All right. Yeah. And, uh, and again, go subscribe to him on YouTube because that's where a, a, a big portion of his content is going to be going. I wouldn't have had Dante on if I don't think he's a really talented, funny, and smart guy who I think is going to do interesting stuff. So thank you for coming on. I encourage you you to get to my, I just want to say, when you get to my YouTube page right now and you see videos with like three views on them, it's because I'm just starting. It's not reflective of the quality. It's just about how many people have heard of me. So when I made that Morgan Tremaine was my supervisor video, I had 22 subscribers. I had like 38 views was like one of my best videos. And then I had like 90 views on that video after like 18 hours. I wake up the next day and I had like 7,000 views. And now here we are with 350,000 views. It's weird how it works. Look at you. You're doing this podcast from your yacht. I'm doing it from the grace of my heart, Dante. No, um, okay. no, but for real, it's Dante's just starting, but you should go check him out because he's a he's a really talented and funny guy. And thank you for coming on, man. I appreciate it. Thank you for being my first guest. It's an yeah. honor for you. It's an I'll honor come for back. Me. I'll come back. Don't worry. We might have more in store. You know what? I'm going to end this screen sharing. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. We might have more for you guys with, you know, Dante and I, you know, we're going to collaborate in the future, but 
yeah, thanks for coming on. And, uh, you know, if you're, uh, if you're just tuning in, you're just kind of getting to know us. You've, I'm, a lot of you have entered through the Amber Heard, Johnny Depp story. There, there is so much more than just this story. There's so much more to talk about that I think you guys will be interested in. And you're going to see that on my channel, but you will see that on Dante's channel as well, because the guy's got a treasure trove of incredible stories from the field and experience that you might not have ever heard about, or you might not have seen because you didn't follow TMZ at the time. But He's uh he's one of the good ones and it's uh, it's truly an honor, my man. Thank you for coming on. Thank you, Jesse. I'll see you. All right, guys. Thank you for checking uh for seeing the inaugural front row podcast. And I will be doing this weekly. So please tune in again and don't forget to like, subscribe, and follow for more content. See you guys later.